to chat about your champs? Call 713-212-5790. 713-212-5790. Man, this is awesome, man. We're in Championship City. Live from Pluckers Wing Bar on Shepherd. Sports Talk 790 Astroline starts now. now. And greetings from Pluckers Wing Bar, 1400 Shepherd near downtown Houston. It's another edition of Astroline presented by Carbach Brewing Company. Last Astroline of 2017. Next time we'll be talking to you will be in the new year. But still have a great hour show for you tonight. And pleased to be joined by the team president of the world champion Houston Astros. Let me say that again. Team president of the world yes. champion. Houston Astros, Reed Ryan, always good to see you, Reed. Hey, Robert, good to see you, man. I'll tell you, one of the best things about Robert was right after the World Series, we're winning it, I, we see each other in the clubhouse, I go, what did you say? What was the call like? And you go, you'll hear it plenty. And we have, and it's been good. And I, I tell everybody, I do never get tired of that call. Yeah, and I mean, what, what was funny was you're probably about the fifth or sixth person to ask me right after the game. Hey, what'd wow. you say? What did yeah, you yeah. say? You know, because we're watching. We're there right. in L.A. and right. you know, I don't have the headphones on. I couldn't wait to hear it. And you know what? You killed it. I thought uh, the movie. Did anybody here see the movie when it came out? Oh yeah, in- incredible! And just the way that it was layered in there. And uh, congratulations to well, you. Thank you. you guys appreciate it. A lifetime and never get an opportunity to do that. It, it was pretty special, and I know it was special for you. Obviously, being team president, but I mean, you're you've been an Astros fan for a long time. Of course, your dad played here. Uh, you, you, you're from the area, so I know it had to be really special for you, not just from a work standpoint, but also from a personal standpoint. Yeah, it was both sides. I mean, from, from work, you know, the amount of hours we put into this career that we do, it's, it's a labor of love. And to, to see this team rebuild all the way to getting to the pinnacle of winning the World Series professionally was very rewarding. But the tears of joy I had really came from being a kid in, in 1980, you know, having our hearts broken in that series with the Phillies or 86 or 98 or 05 and, and having been so close in my life so many times uh, to finally have that feeling of euphoria and then to have it with my son and my wife and my daughter all in Los Angeles. And, uh, you know, I saw Harold Reynolds at the uh, winter meetings uh-huh. and he's like, I got you to cry. And I said, yeah, <laughs> you're like Roy Firestone. Now. You know, you had me crying on TV after the game. But The joy this thing has brought to the city of Houston, everywhere I go around town, people are so happy for the Astros. The gear, it's just, I tell you what, it's what we've all wanted forever, and and it could not have been better in any form or fashion. It's exactly what I'd always hoped for and uh, makes you want to go do it again. And you and I are in the same boat in the sense that, uh, obviously, we knew this was a good team, but a lot can happen in the postseason. We don't really have control over what happens on the field. You're just hoping yep. that everything works out the, the way it could work out. And, I mean, and then not only, I think, the fact that this team obviously is the team that finally did it for the Astros and for the city of Houston, but when you think about this group of guys and yep. just, just a, a really solid group of guys, obviously great players, but, but just a, a great group to deal with as well. Yeah, kind of the phrase I've used is this team has better human beings than they have baseball players. Yeah. And that's saying something because right. they are great baseball players. Right. And I think that's the connection. Everybody loves watching these guys play because they, they wear it on their sleeves every day, their emotions, what they go go through at the plate or in the field. And so it's an easy team to love. Um You know, the credit goes to those guys for doing it every day, for Jim Crane having the vision, for Jeff Luno, you know, creating the plan, for A.J. Hinch getting him to play every single day. Uh, But I still feel like the move with Verlander, it it just enabled us to hide some of the weaknesses of this club because 
you know, he ate up so many innings. Right. He's so dominant. Having the ability to put a Brad Peacock in the bullpen or a Charlie Morton or whoever, it just made us so much better. And uh, I think once the position players realized that it wasn't 15 where, you know, we only had a few chances to score if we didn't hit a home run, that there were lots of ways to win and, and beat you. And then all of a sudden we had an air of confidence about us that, you know, I don't think I'd seen in the history of this club. And it's going to carry into next year as well. Talking with Astros team president Reed Ryan on Astro Line presented by Carbach Brewing Company. And let's talk about that Verlander trade for a second. What was really cool to me about that is, you know, obviously fans were excited. Uh, you know, I was excited. I know you were excited. But to hear the players talk about it, like Jose Altuve talking about it, it was an off day. And I, I want, and Altuve is like, I want, why is, I want to play today. I want to yeah. play with Justin Verlander. I mean, where, where were you when you got the news? So um, what was interesting was we had a little bit of debate internally in the office after the original trade de- deadline came and went. And some right. of our players were vocal in, in not having made a move. And I said to Jeff, Luno, I said, Jeff, I'd rather have guys that, are mad we didn't make a move, want to win. To me, it shows a, a maturity that these guys are maturing and they know how good this team is. Right. And so Jeff kept working on this deal, and obviously uh, he cleared waivers, and so we had the ability to keep keep working on the deal. And Jim was really pushing. And so the night of the trade, I believe Jim was in California, Jeff was in California, I was here, AJ was with the team on the road or wherever they were because it was right during the hurricane. Right. And right. people had been talking around midnight. And so, obviously, he was on the phone, and at, like, 12.02 or whatever, I got a text from Jim that said, we got him. And then Jeff texted me right away and said, we got him. And so then we all started talking after that. So it was pretty cool. I went and woke my wife up, and uh, <laughs> she was uh, she was pretty excited, but not enough to stay up and talk about it much. So anyway, <laughs> we, got, like, we got him? Okay, okay good. I'm going, yeah, yeah, I'm going exactly. to sleep. Yeah. So after the Astros won Game 7 of the ALCS against the Yankees, another great series yeah. as well. Uh, you know, as I'm sure you did, I got a bunch of texts right afterwards. And one of the first texts I got was from a good friend of mine who works for the Royals. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the Royals went to back-to-back World Series, winning in 2015. And he said, hey, congratulations, but try to soak it in yeah. because it's really hard to do that. You, you know, it's just such a whirlwind. How, how much was this? I mean, I'm sure it was fun, but how, how hard was it sometimes to focus on what was going on? Because there were just so many other things you had to worry about. Well, what I'll say is I had the benefit of 2010 and 11 having been with my dad when they went to the World Series with the Rangers. Right. And basically was behind the scenes and, and sort of watching everything that happened. 15, I thought we were very prepared. And that team in 15, I mean, we came within innings of, of knocking out the eventual world champs. Who knows? Right. We might have won it that year. I mean, that, that club gets hot and anything could happen. But all of that prepared us for what I thought it was going to be, and it was awesome. I enjoyed the games. The people came to town. I didn't worry about a lot of the tickets and the things. We, we had it taken care of in advance, and uh, the actual games were great. It, it, looking back, I don't think, Robert, that I would have changed one thing other than the ticket situation in L.A. was a little difficult because people were so spread out, Yeah. Um, just the way the, the nature of the beast was. But but I soaked it up, and uh, if this is the only time I ever get to the World Series or win a World Series, uh, I will say that I got every ounce out of it. And, you know, just talking about this World Series for a second, a second the actual games, I really felt, and, you know, I've had a lot of people ask me, you know what? You know what was your favorite game? What you know? What you know? Ask me about different moments in the World Series. I really felt Game Two was the most important game of that World Series for the Astros because I mean, okay, Game One, mm-hmm. you know, Clayton Kershaw pitched great. Yep. All right, let's let's go get him next time. You don't want to leave L.A. 
down 0-2. You're, you're down two runs late. One of the best closers in the game, if not the best, best closer in the game, Kenley Jansen's on for the Dodgers. And then, you know, they, they're able to get a run in the eighth inning, which I think a lot of people overlook, but that was important. Yep. That Correa RBI single in. Marwin pops the home run in the ninth off of Jansen. And now it's a tie game. And then, obviously, the three big swings in extra innings, including the go-ahead two-run home run by George Springer in the 11th inning. I felt like that game, because first of all, it was the first win in Astros history in the yep, World Series. That's right. But now it's like, all right, it's 1-1, going back home. I 100% agree. Uh Getting that game and not coming home 0-2 was, I mean, I don't know that we would have been able to overcome that. But more importantly, getting that, you know, monkey off the back of like, hey, we've never won a World Series right. game. Right, uh, That was big. And so I'm with you 100%. I mean, you, five and seven obviously are important as well. But game two, it gave us all the momentum and uh, enabled us to get home with our home crowd. And, and our, our folks believed when we walked in the door at Minute Maid Park. And, uh it, the Yankee series, like we talked about, that series was phenomenal as yeah. well. I mean, uh, those were the hardest games. Those games in New York, we just had a sense like, you know, we weren't going to be able to get over the hump there. I don't know why it was. If it was the weather was kind of funny, you know, and it was uh, a really tough environment to play in. But even going back to Boston, that game in the rain in Boston yeah. showed the, you know, kind of the intestinal fortitude of this club and. Everybody contributed on this this World Series run. You know, you can go through and look at the highlights, and there wasn't a man on the roster. Uh, really, I, did Centeno play? Centeno played one inning, one inning in the yeah. ALDS. But yeah. everybody played, basically, right. and uh, he was the only one that really didn't play a ton. But And people had big moments throughout the whole series. So it was uh, an amazing 18 games. It really was. And, all right, so let's talk about Game 7. Okay. So... Astros jump out to, and I'm, you know, I'm rehashing what happened. I know everybody yep. here and probably most people listening know exactly what happened. But you know, the Astros jump out to that five nothing lead. You know, George Springer, the big two run home run uh, to make it five nothing, get knock you Darvish out of the game in, in the second inning. And at that point, I remember thinking to myself, "All right, it's way too early to start counting outs." Correct. But gotta like where this <laughs> is going. What was kind of Going through your mind, what were you feeling as, as that Game 7 progressed? Yeah, so when Springer let off the game with the, with the hit down the line, yeah. um, I thought, hey, we need him started hot. Because right. when he gets a hit his first at bat, normally that, that's an indication that he's going to have a pretty good game. That's right. Scoring early was big. But I tell you, when McCullers got an RBI, you know, and put the ball yeah, in play, right. I, I said, everything's kind of going our way. And I'll share my story about uh, Game 7 here. Um, so... Game seven, we, we go to Los Angeles. Game six, we lose, and we obviously go to game seven, and now Lance McCullers is going to start. And so we started out in Los Angeles in game one with maybe two or three family buses. And then people realized, oh, there's a police escort to the stadium. So everybody stopped driving, and all the families started getting on the bus. Right. So by the time we got to game seven, I think we had eight buses, okay? <laughs> well, um, McCullers forgot his lucky socks in Houston. And a member of our staff's wife flew to L.A., landed, and Ubered to the hotel. And the head police officer for Chips was like, Reed, it's time to go. It's 3.30. We need to get the family buses moving. And yeah. I said, we can't leave yet. And he said, why? And I said, we're waiting on one person. And he's like, well, the freeway is shut down. Like, this is Los Angeles. Freeway right. shut down. Right. He's like, we got to go. And right. I said, we can't. we got to wait another minute. He's like, we're going to have to leave. And as here she came, she came running up with the lucky socks. And I told everybody, those socks were lucky because he hit four guys, right? Yeah. And didn't give up a run. So 
Who knows what would have happened had we not been able to get the lucky socks to uh, McCullers for game seven. That line line drive double play (laughs) fall. I mean, had a rabbit's foot in his back pocket in that game, frankly. uh, But it it certainly worked out. All right, so now, you know, because I remember thinking, all right, it's 5 nothing. Got to keep scoring. It's a dangerous team. Got to try and keep scoring. Did not score anymore after that. But kept the Dodgers down. They had opportunities. They only got the one run late. Uh, So now get to the ninth inning. I know at some point you had to go down to the field. Well, so I was sitting behind the dugout, basically okay. on the front row the whole time. So I was right there by the field. I, I told Charlie Morton, I said, I've never been so happy to see him hit in my life. I did not <laughs> want him coming out of that ball game. I, yeah. AJ would stand up. I would yell at him whenever I could. Let him hit, you know. <laughs> of course, he didn't hear, hear what I was saying. But yeah. uh, I was happy that uh, that Charlie got in there. So as the outs started coming down, um, I've seen it get down to one strike and not happen. So uh, I did not breathe easy until I saw Yuli catch the ball and jump up in the air. And then I basically jumped over the fence, and I was on the field with my family. And from there, it was, uh, you know, everybody just hugging and celebrating and seeing Beltron cry and the coaches and just everybody involved in the organization, the joy for, you know, really the guys that have been with us uh, from Keichel to Altuve, to Marwin Gonzalez, the three guys that have been here from the, the very bottom. Uh, I was really happy for them and had a special embrace with each one of them. And then seeing Craig Biggio, he was sitting down on the front row. He jumped over. And, you know, for Craig and Jeff Bagwell, who was there with us as well, um, they got so close and to never win it. To right. see them have that just smile, you know, and that just joy coming out of them. Uh, and then the connection with Altuve and, and Biggio and the high fives, it, it, it just was really neat to witness. And all of the wives and family, you know, the tears of joy and just the happiness for finally being champions. And, you know, you mentioned about your family being there. Yep. And, you know, I want to touch on that, too, because I know, you know, we, you, we were we were in the World Series parade a few days later. Yep. Uh, and I remember they, you know, I got an email saying, you know, they sent a broadcasters all the all an email saying, hey, you can bring somebody with you. And so I mean, my daughter's coming with yes. me, right? My seven year old daughter is actually here tonight. I see her over there. And uh, you know, that to me was maybe the most special moment out of all this for me. Not just because it's a World Series parade, it's cool, but the fact that I was able to share it with my daughter. And I know for you. That had to make it that much more special, the fact that you could share it with your family. It, it was. So Jackson's a senior. Uh, Victoria's a sophomore. Um, I have one other daughter <clears throat> in seventh grade. She wasn't able to come because she was in a play, and she didn't want to, you know, leave leave out of that, which I respect uh, 100%. But for them, coming out at that age, being with us at the ballpark, they've been in this game their whole lives as well. Right. And just the excitement they had and the happiness for me, it was uh, really cool and uh, I got a neat letter from Stan Caston, uh, who's the president of the Dodgers, uh, an email he sent to Jim uh, Crane, Jeff Luno, and myself. And it basically said congratulations. It said there's nothing like winning your first one, but you'll always yearn for more. Right. And it's true because this has been such an awesome experience and seeing so many people in Houston, Texas proud. It, it, it actually makes you want to win another one that much more. Uh, I, you don't know what you don't know, and now that you know it, yeah. You go, wow, we got to really, really bear down. Because this team we have, and we'll talk about it here in a minute, the windows now, and this is a special group, and that's why I think the moves this offseason that we've been able to make with some of the relief pitching uh, is really going to help this team continue to excel. And we're going to talk about some more of that, continue to recap 
October and November 1st for the Astros this year, as well as look ahead to next year. Speaking of next year, 2018 spring training schedule, it's underway February 23rd at the ballpark of the Palm Beach, his second year there for the Astros. Make your plans now to see the World Series champion Houston Astros this spring. For all there is to see and do, visit thepalmbeaches.com. Robert Ford with Astros team president Reed Ryan. More to come on Astroline, presented by Carbach Brewing Company and live on the Houston Astros radio network. On behalf of all of us at Major League Baseball, I want to congratulate the Houston Astros on their first ever World Series championship. Over the course of this great seven-game series, we really did see the Houston strong. I'd like to present Jim Crane with the first-ever Commissioner's Trophy for the Astros. Well, this one's for Houston back there at home in the region. Got hit hard, and um, everybody was behind us. And, you know, we played a great Dodgers team today, but uh, these guys played hard. We're just so happy for everybody. Jeff built the team, and A.J. managed the heck out of it. So congratulations, guys. And welcome back to Astroline, presented by Carbach Brewing Company, coming to you live from Plucker's Wing Bar, 1400 Shepherd, near downtown Houston. Robert Ford, radio broadcaster for the Astros, joined once again by Astros team president Reed Ryan. You just heard uh, Commissioner Rob Manfred with the on-field presentation of the Commissioner's Trophy after the Astros won Game 7 of the World Series uh, in L.A. and you know, impacted so many people. And before we talk more about this World Series, did want to bring up, uh, you know, we this past week we lost a member of the Astros family uh, Judy Durker, wife of uh, Larry Durker, of course, Astros pitcher, broadcaster, manager, has worn many hats in his time with the Astros. Uh, Judy Durker battling an illness for a long time and succumbed on, on Friday, and, and our hearts certainly go out to her and, and, and their family. Of thoughts and prayers. Yeah, uh, no doubt about it. Uh, Judy was such a ray of light uh, for everybody in the Astros organization. The service is going to be tomorrow at 1 p.m., uh, and so uh, there, I know there will be a lot of us out there, but uh, please keep uh, Larry and the family in your thoughts and prayers because uh, she was just an angel. And I want to ask you, you know, just kind of touching on, you know, Larry Durker. I mean, you think about, you know, we talked earlier about, you know, Jeff Bagel and, and Craig Biggio and so many Astros who were part of so many great teams that, that did not get a chance to experience what this year's group got to experience. And I know the World Series rings, that's, in, in the offing, and I know like when teams like when the Red Sox finally won, they gave some rings to some, some longtime Red Sox players who hadn't had, had an opportunity to, to win. Cubs did something similar. Is there is that something that you guys have talked about uh, with the Astros? Yeah, still in the planning right. stages of that. Um, and so those kind of things will be fun to do. You know, uh, one of the little stories of the World Series, Robert, was um, Bob Watson uh, mm-hmm. texts me or email me every single game throughout the playoffs the whole way. And, you know, Bob is a guy that, uh, you know, won a World Series with the Yankees, but he's always been an Astro, uh, one of the original legends here. And, and a couple years ago, you know, obviously he wore 2-7, and uh, Jose Altuve wears that's 27. Right, that's right. And so it, it was neat to see him really get connected with this club. But those kind of little memories from guys like a Bob Watson – uh, and other players, you know, that reached out to me, the Terry Pools and the Craig Reynolds and all the way to the Brandon Backies and guys from, you know, not right. too long ago, uh, they, they're they Astros for life. And, and there was a lot, of, uh, a lot of pride that they had from this thing. And, you know, you and I were talking about this a little bit earlier. Uh, obviously... Just an exciting month, and, and you know one, one of the one of the greatest months in Houston sports history, no question. What happened in October, and then the first day of November. But uh, 
you know, that's the good news. The bad news is, if there is bad news, you're a month behind in terms of planning for, for next year. I guess it's just one of those one of those things you have to deal with. Well, you know, we're fortunate in the fact that this team is pretty much all together. So, you yeah. know, going into the winter meetings, uh, there weren't a lot of ways to improve our club. And I think that the areas that we needed, Jeff has addressed with, with you know, getting some veteran relief pitching guys that have been in high leverage playoff situations over the course of their career. Um, and we're still looking. I mean, if there's a way to improve the club, you know, Jim has always pushed us to do that. And so, uh, you know, Jeff's going to continue to look. But we feel good about this core nucleus being together for a while. And so uh, if we can help the core out, then we've done our job. And uh, it's here. Uh, spring training's schedule's out. And uh, we've got, you know, the Fan Fest schedule. We've got uh, the Caravan schedule. Um gala and you know we're pretty much rolling so come next week or whenever the this first of january hits uh it's game on for 2018 certainly is yeah you talk about uh that's one of the beauties about this team and i I think it's a reason why a lot of people are like hey can this team repeat i mean that's something everybody always says after team wins right can they repeat are they going to repeat uh but i think it's something you could legitimately talk about i mean you think about who's on the world series roster luke regerson francisco luriano Cameron Maven, only three from that roster who are free agents. And then Carlos Beltran also. Beltran retired yep. uh, after the season. And that was great seeing him with those tears of joy and after after winning a World Series. Really the only thing he hadn't done in his entire career to that point. Yeah, so when you look at it, you know, we want to be one of the ten teams that make it to the to the dance. And, yeah. you know, you got to be built for the marathon there. You look at our division, the Angels are obviously making some moves. Uh, the Rangers have made a couple of moves. have uh, been rumored to be making some other moves. Um, but when you look at our division, I, I think the A's are going to have a good young team. Sure. Uh, you know, the Mariners, the Rangers, the Angels, I think on paper, you know, we still look to be ahead of, of those clubs. So you can see a path that gets us into the playoffs. And then it, it really is how do we do in the sprint of a five-game series. That's the vulnerable series. It's what right. got the Indians. And I think the key for us, you know, really winning the World Series was we matched up well against the Yankees all year. The Indians, as you know, sort of – matched up pretty good against us there was like a a confidence we got when uh, they got knocked out and so you know it's kind of a really there's about 10 teams at the top now that are kind of vying and and in a lot of ways you you can kind of make a case why you could see the american league playoff teams being the exact same again this year you you certainly could Uh, certainly coming into 2017 you know the thought was that the al west could be pretty strong could possibly see two maybe three teams from the al west get in didn't work out that way. Angels had a bunch of injuries. Uh, Mariners had some injuries and things that, you know, some underperformance as well. Uh, but, I mean, you look at it again, and, I mean, the AL West should be stronger. Like you said, the Angels yeah. obviously making all the moves. They've made, of course, Shohei Otani, the, the big move that, that everybody's talking about, but they've made some others as well. Uh, and so certainly, I mean, it just never gets easier. And then, obviously, when you're the champion, you get everybody's A game after that. Yeah, it's never easy. Uh, it's hard to get to the playoffs, but we really feel like on paper that we have a good shot. We need to continue to stay healthy. I think right. our medical team has done a great job of managing guys' innings. Uh, a lot of people said, how are you going to throw all these guys? Well, it's turned out having McHugh and Peacock and, you know, Fires was a big part of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, now obviously with Kaiko McCullers and uh, – and with Morton and with Verlander, we've got a ton of starting pitching right now. Right. And so it's going to enable us to make sure we rest those guys. And I thought the tapering we had of giving some guys a rest, you know, really in August and then bringing them back in September, there were a lot of folks saying, well, are they going to be ready? Is that going to be enough innings? And they all pretty much peaked right around the time of, of the World Series. So 
We think we have a plan in place. Uh, we still get a lot of folks saying, you know, hey, what about, you know, left-handed pitching? We get that some. Tony Sipp uh, really started to, to feel and look good at the end of the year. Right. You know, with his rehab, uh, Gudon is a kid that threw really, really hard. And you look at our young guys, and you start looking at spring training, and you look at, you know, whether it's Martez or, you know, whether it's some of the other, you know, young arms that we have, uh, you know, that that will be there, you can start saying, wow, a lot of these guys are going to end up in AAA. It's going to be a really tough spring training, a competitive spring training, both for the older guys on the top and younger guys on the bottom. And, and those are certainly good problems to have. Is, let's bring in now our social media manager who's here with us tonight, Danny Farris. Always good to see you, Danny. And, yeah, uh, thank you for having me. I know you have uh, some questions from the audience, and of course you can tweet us at Astros. Use the hashtag AstroLine if you want to join in on the conversation. What do you have, Danny? Right, so th- this question comes from Facebook. We're streaming this on Facebook right now. Last season, during the offseason, you brought in Shake Shack and Torchies and a couple other different options. What is, is there anything on the table, so to speak, for next season, different uh, food options at the ballpark? So, <clears throat> excuse me, um, there won't be a major offering, and really that's for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, that was a, a major, you know, multi-year in the planning process to get that done. Uh, this year with us going all the way to November playing, um, there's going to be some minor tweaks at Minute Maid, no major tweaks at this point. But we are undergoing kind of a long-term strategic plan. We brought in the same architects that we use for center field, and we're having them look at the total stadium complex. Um, you know, one of the questions is going to be with this road situation, 59 and 45 are going to be coming together, and there's going to be a major construction project between BBVA and Minute Maid. That's going to start somewhere around 2020 or 2021. Uh, it's a text out project, and so we want to make sure that we're able to service people in and out of the ballpark. And so we're looking kind of much longer range than just bringing in one or two uh, offerings. Uh, but there will be some changes to concession stands. Uh, we met with Airmark on uh, Friday of last week, and so they will be rolling out some some tweaking concepts uh, with barbecue and a couple other things that we'll announce later. But as far as construction, new areas, no, there will be no construction, but we will be changing some of the stands. You know, a lot of people were not happy when Tals Hill was removed after the 2016 season. But as soon as the announcement came out about, hey, Torchy's Tacos, <laughs> Shake, uh, Shake Shack going into center field, no one was talking about that anymore. Everybody was like, hey, this is great. All right, we're, we're on board now. Yeah, so. you know, people had a great experience in the ballpark. Uh, I thought for the whole center field complex, we got about 95% of it right. We're going to be doing some little tweaks to that area as well. Um, so our goal is, is simple. We want to continue to put a quality product on the field, the very best baseball team we can. We want to have a great atmosphere in the ballpark, and we want to give people original and unique concepts and experiences when they come to Minute Maid Park. We'll have more with Astros team president Reed Ryan as Astroline, presented by Carbock Brewing Company, continues live from Plucker's Wing Bar and 1400 Shepherd and on the Houston Astros Radio Network. Altuve hits this high in the air and pretty deep to center. Taylor is going back at the wall, looking up. See you later. See The pitch is hit hard to left field, sending the left fielder back, and it's over his head. RBI double by Altuve. It's 9-8. to eight. Seven and four runs in this game. Playing like an MVP. Move over Phil Rizzuto and Bobby Shantz and make room for another five foot six most valuable player. Jose Altuve was listed first on 27 of the 30 ballots and joining Hall of Famer Jeff Bagwell, the 1994 National League winner, as an MVP for Houston. 
And welcome back to Astroline, presented by Carbock Brewing Company, coming to you live from Plucker's Wing Bar, 1400 Shepherd. I'd like to welcome in our listeners tonight in the heartland of Texas, in the great city of Waco on KBBW 1010 AM and 105.7 FM, longtime partners and affiliates of the World Series champions here on the Astros Radio Network. Robert Ford joined by Astros team president Reed Ryan. You know, we've spent all this time talking about all these great things that the Astros have done. We haven't talked about the MVP. I, I know. I mean, uh, I was thinking about the moments you were talking about earlier in the playoff run, the three-home run game. Yeah. I mean, that is historic in nature. Absolutely. And it's just kind of forgotten about. It was, yeah. I mean, it was such a huge, you know, shot in the arm. And uh, Jose earned it. Uh, he played great all year. His defense, his offense, the leadership he provided. Um, he's just such a special player, and and you know what I I just knew he was going to win it. Uh, I just had that that feeling, and and you know obviously you look at all the things that happened in '17, new spring training, right? You know new center field, Talis uh-huh. Hill is gone. Uh, you know coming in playing great. I mean we led from start to finish, right? You know hurricane, you know having to relocate, then the Verlander trade, all these things, all the way to the end of the World Series being the champs. And, oh, yeah, by the way, we had an AL MVP that normally is going to be the biggest thing you right. ever have happen in a right. season. It's just kind of forgot about. And, uh, you know, I'm going to have to do a better job of making sure we uh, we remind everybody of that. Absolutely. <laughs> so am I. But uh, what a great year and a, and a great postseason that, that Jose Altuve had. i got to ask you about the trophy, Commissioner's yep. Trophy. The Astros got for, for winning the World Series. Um, it's already been pretty well-traveled. Uh, even may may have even gotten some dings and dents at some point, but we're not going to get into that. It's fine now. Uh, what are the plans for the the trophy? Because I know obviously fans they want to get a chance to to see the trophy up close, take some pictures with it, uh, and, and just just have that experience. What are the plans for the trophy? So if I underestimated one thing, it was the demand for the trophy. Yeah. Uh, this market and this fan base, people want to see this thing. They want to get their picture with it. And, and it's such a beautiful piece of art, uh, you know, made by Tiffany with all the flags on it. Uh, it's super heavy. The engraving in it is incredible. And so, um, you know, the first couple weeks, it was getting out and about and around, lots of requests. Uh, and so we are about to announce a plan in January uh-huh. for a trophy tour. We're, we kind of went to the best practice, you know, scenario that the Cubs and Red Sox had. Uh, it's going to go out around the whole city of Houston. It'll have designated stops. Um, it'll also have opportunities to show up at businesses and schools and other things. We'll right. have all that launched on a website. Um, and we're going to do that all the way through the end of the year. Our goal is to make sure as many people as possible that want to see the trophy can see it. Now, it will be back at Bitter Maid Park for all the home games okay. for the regular season. And then after this next year is over, we won't take it out anymore. We'll build a permanent place for it in Minute Maid Park. Um, so right now, uh, you know, Friday and Saturday, tomorrow and, and Saturday, it will be at our team store. Okay. And for $35, people can go take a picture with it. That money goes to the Astros Foundation. It's a tax write-off. And we're going to try to raise a lot of money for charity through both this, and then we're also going to announce plans where we will auction off a real player's full-value World Series ring. The Cubs uh, did that. The Red Sox have done it. The Royals. Uh, we will sell those raffle tickets for the foundation over the course of the entire season. And then at the end of the year, we'll have one winner, and they'll actually have their name engraved in it. And it will wow. be the only one outside of the players that will be that type of ring that will be given out. So tomorrow and Saturday, Astros Team Store, 
get get your picture. Correct. Yeah, just uh, go online. I retweeted something a minute ago. Uh-huh. Um, you can go to astros.com and uh, all the information's right okay. there. But the goal is to try to have, you know, you want to come get your photo with it. Right. Uh, you know, we want to set that up for people to be able to come do it. All right, we're talking with Astros team president Reed Ryan. I'm sorry. Team president of the world champion, Houston Astros, Reed Ryan. Yeah. So tomorrow, Friday, 2 to 6 p.m., Saturday, 9 to noon. Okay. All right. So there, there you go. You want to get your picture taken with the trophy, maybe check out some World Series merchandise, pick some things up, get that World Series DVD. The World Series DVDs we were talking about earlier, you can do that at, at Union Station at Team Store tomorrow and on, on Saturday. So definitely don't want to miss that. Now, you mentioned trophy will be at Miami Park for all the home games in 2018. Correct. Where, where is it going to be? Um, we'll, we're going to put it either in center field or behind home. We're looking okay. on access right now, so that will all okay. be announced uh, when we get closer to opening day. Um, but, you know, looking back at the year, just so many wonderful things. I'd love to hear from your perspective. You know, you and Steve, you know, Matt Bolts out on the road. What was one of the moments, maybe not over the, the playoff run, but over the course of the year that was stuck out in your mind? I tell you what, uh, I mean, I knew this team was good, obviously. and You know, you had an idea during spring training. You had an idea with the way the team started. But to me, one of the moments I'll always remember is, and I, I've called it this on the air a few times, the Memorial Day Massacre in Minnesota. I was going to say the exact same thing. That was the moment I said we can come back against anybody. I mean, what, what was that like to watch that? Was that it? was, I mean, 11 runs in an inning. When you're down, I think it was 8-2 to two going yeah. into that. You know, Irvin Santana started that game for the Twins. Pitched Dominated, great. yeah. Pitched great for seven innings. Didn't, didn't really have much of a chance off of him, to be honest. And then in the eighth inning, you know, and the Twins bullpen, that, that was a sore spot for them at that point in the year. All AAA guys up at that point. Right. Yeah. Uh, but still, you, you never expect to see anything like that. And, and then there was a little, there was a brief rain delay in the middle of George Springer's at bat, and Springer was upset. A delay, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, like, it's, you know, it started spitting a little bit. They they stopped, put the tarp on, and as soon as they put the tarp on, it had to take it off because it stopped raining and the sun was out. And Springer was annoyed. He still got a hit. Didn't matter. Uh, maybe that helped him get a hit because he was so annoyed. And, I mean, after watching that, I mean, that is one of the more incredible things I've ever seen on a baseball field. Uh, I mean, even when you think about everything that happened in October and all that, that was still, to me, you know, that Memorial Day massacre, what that team was able to do. And then that was was the start of the um, 11-game win streak. That's right. Was was that game. So uh, that's one game that um, when I think about games during the season that kind of stick out for me. That, that's definitely up there. Well, there were a couple things that that was the one that I was going to yeah. say, in my mind, was one of the most unbelievable games of the year. I thought sweeping the Rangers early was very yes. big for us. Yes. Getting those guys and, and having that sort of, you know, because they had really taken it to us mm-hmm. the year before. And then the game coming back and the speech A.J. made, uh, it's one of the things I'm most proud of because we were sitting there trying to figure out what, what, what do we say? Because some people were saying you should play, you shouldn't play. Right, right. And so um, Anita, who works with us, um, said, I think you should go say something on the field. I said, nobody wants to see a guy like the president of the team out with a microphone or the owner or the GM. I said, we need to get A.J. And so I went down and talked to A.J. And I said, here's what we need to do. Somebody needs to say something about what this these games are going to mean. And I could not have scripted anything better he just spoke off the cuff. He's so good at those and, moments. And he, he spoke to the heart of this town and the heart of this club. And then we played great baseball from that game on all the way through the end of the World Series. So those were a couple of the special moments for me over the course of the year. I think one of the more underlooked 
uh, overlooked things, rather, over the course of the season. You mentioned Hurricane Harvey, obviously, and that was devastating for a lot of people. And uh, From a baseball standpoint, obviously, you know, the Astros-Rangers, that series got relocated as a result. And, and then, you know, had to change things around for the home series against the Mets. Uh, but that was a stretch of, of 16 of 19 on the road. Yep. And they did get swept in Oakland near the end of that yeah, trip. four games. Right. But other than that, they played really good baseball despite, you know, all everything that was going on, the long road trip, the hurricane, not knowing when you're going to get back. I mean, they, they, they did great. They, they played awesome. They never had, a, a like, a trough or a bottom. Right. Like, I think that four-game series in, in Oakland were the most games we lost in a row all year. I don't think yeah, we had any right. more that's than right. four over yeah. the course of the year. And that it just was – we may, you know, next year hopefully will be another good year, but 101 wins, you just take those years and you just try to soak them up and enjoy them. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you talk about the 100 wins. After that happened, I uh, and I had already kind of prepared some stuff. I looked up, you know, how many teams have won 100 games and how many times they've done it and all that. And I, I sent out a series of tweets basically, hey, this is really rare. Yeah, twice ever in 56 years for the Astros right. we won 100 games. I mean, there, there are several teams that have never won. 100 games in the season. Yeah. You know, teams that have had, like the Blue Jays, they've had a lot of success. They've never won 100 games. Yeah. And, they're, you know, the Pirates, they did it in 1909 was the yeah. last time. You know, I mean, you just don't have, an, you know, and at the time I said, now this doesn't necessarily mean anything for postseason, but, I mean, hey, let's not forget what what a special year and this was. And that's living in the moment. And I think yeah. that's what this fan base has become accustomed to is over the years and all the things that have happened to us, people are appreciating this team for what it is, a great team with guys that play the right way, and whether we never win another one or we win back-to-back or, you know, five of these guys retire as Astros or they all go somewhere as free agents, right. I think people just have appreciated this moment and what it's meant to everybody in this organization. And I just can't wait for opening day. Well, not sure how 2018 is going to go, but you definitely want to be there for it. Season tickets on sale now. Enjoy some of the best seats in Minute Maid Park. Save money and receive great benefits throughout the season. Call one eight seven seven nine astros or visit astros.com slash season tickets to get your seats today. We'll have more with Astros team president Reed Ryan as Astroline presented by Carbock Brewing Company continues live from Pluckers Wing Bar, 1400 Shepherd, and on the Houston Astros radio network. Certainly didn't have any clue what the Houston Astros were, except for one dude, your father. Everybody knew who Noel Ryan was. I mean, other than that, I didn't know what Houston Astros were. I mean, I think about tumbleweeds and horses. Well, let me tell you something. That is not what Houston is. <laughs> it's, been, uh, it's been a lot of fun. What I've learned through this process is that maybe we did some things here that were pretty good that kept families hanging out, you know, at 7.05 and just watching us play. And I just, it's just something that I treasure. I really didn't think that much about myself or whatever. I just played baseball. Welcome back to Astroline. Final segment here presented by Carbock Brewing Company coming to you live from Pluckers Wing Bar, 1400 Shepherd. Robert Ford joined by Astros team president Reed Ryan. And we just heard from Jeff Bagwell after he was announced as a Hall of Famer. I forgot about that. We didn't even mention that. Yeah, you know, hey. What happened in 2017? By the way, one of the greatest you know? Astros players ever <laughs> so. went into the Hall of Fame this year. Overdue, but finally got in. What a year. I mean, you couldn't yeah. have, we couldn't have packed one more thing into 2017, I don't think. And you were up there in Cooperstown, right? I was. Uh, you know, you have responsibilities when you have a player go in, and so right. it, was a, it was a great uh, weekend. We threw a couple of parties. Um, we uh, hosted some people, and we uh, helped facilitate uh, for Jeff and Rachel Bagwell their experience. And uh, we did 
did well by the organization. It was a great weekend. And Jeff Bagwell was at a lot of the playoff games. I know I saw him at some of the Division Series games, and he was also at um, uh, the World Series games. He was there for Game 7. Uh, and, uh, I, you know, we talked earlier about just how special it is for guys like him, Craig Biggio, and guys who just played so long, so hard to try and have this moment to, to still be able to experience it. And Roy Oswalt came in, and, yeah. you know, it just it was amazing how many folks wanted to come in and be a part of it uh, because they love the organization. But for Jeff, one of the one of the memories I'll have from this year was seeing uh, Jeff Bagwell and Craig Biggio and my dad um, in the parade. And as they were seeing the, you know, hundreds of thousands, you know, however yeah. many, they said almost a million people downtown, Seeing them and saying what's going through their minds because they all got so close, and you know they could imagine had it been them right. winning the first ever parade. So there was a lot of really cool emotions that went on uh, that first week in November. Uh, it really was. And you know, we were talking about the trophy earlier and, and fans getting a chance to experience that. Astros Caravan coming up January 10th through the 12th. Fan Fest at Minute Maid Park on January 13th, which is a Saturday uh, trophy going to be incorporated in those festivities? Yep, trophy will be around through all of that. And, uh, you know, we're going to roll all the plans out uh, the first week of January. So uh, just know that it's going to be a heck of a caravan this year. We're going to be packing a lot of stops into a couple of days. Yeah. Um, part of that compressed schedule that we talked about earlier. Um, and, and this team is, uh, you know, most of these guys are living here now. They're becoming very... Uh, Visible in the community. Uh, you've seen all the charity efforts that, you know, everybody's done from Correa to McCullers to, you know, Altuve and, uh, you know, Springer with Say. It's it's amazing. These guys have really become a part of the fabric of this community, and it's great to have so many of them here. It, it definitely definitely is great. Also have the uh, Astros Foundation Gala that's coming up in January as well, January 19th. Gladys Knight. Yeah, going to be performing uh, as part of that gala at Minute Maid Park, and the, you know, I, I, w- I was there last year. Diana Ross performed last year. Just, just a real, a fantastic event, and raised money for a great cause. Yeah, so we've been raising a lot of money for the Astros Foundations, and one of the foundation, one of the goals Jim Crane has was he wants to have a hundred million dollars in this foundation one day. He wants it to perpetually be able to grow youth baseball, support cancer initiatives, uh, help the military, and help homelessness around downtown. And so we've been on a mission to have these events, to have these kind of things, the ring raffle, uh, whether it's taking pictures with a trophy, it all adds up. And we're filling this foundation up where we're going to be able to, and it's being professionally managed. We have a board. I mean, it's it's some of the biggest and brightest people in town that are being involved with this, uh, that we want to change the city of Houston. And so that's the purpose of the foundation. You're seeing our good works right now. Uh, and we're going to continue to raise money and do these world-class events. And don't want people to forget, obviously, 2018 right around the corner, not just the new year, but also the, the new regular season. Uh uh, March 29th in Arlington. That's where the Astros open the season. Correct. Home opener uh, April 2nd against the Baltimore Orioles, and there'll be a ring presentation before that. Yeah, so uh, what we're going to do is the game one against yes. Baltimore will not be the ring ceremony. Okay. It, it's going to be game two. We're going to unveil the banner. So we're okay. going to remove the playoff ba- banners off of 
the light tower. Uh-huh. We're going to relocate those in the stadium because we want every team that's ever made the playoffs to have a special spot okay. in the stadium. We're going to turn the tower out there above the community leader signs into championship tower. And we're going to have the 05 team. And we're going to have the uh, 17 World Series team, very much like Boston does, mm-hmm. L.A., some of the other places. Uh, you know, we have aspirations of winning more championships. And so uh, we'll continue to put up banners for playoff teams. We're going to have that in one part of the ballpark. And the other side will be the championship tower. And if we win a league or world championship, then we're going to hang those banners That's there. That's really neat. I like yeah. that 05 and 17 are going to be separate. Correct. They will. They'll be separate, one on each side. And uh, and then the ring ceremony will be game two. April 3rd. Uh, April 3rd will be the ring ceremony. More details, obviously, after the first of the year. Uh, but it will be a very special day. And, and then each time we have a player come through, uh, maybe that is no longer with the club, then right. we'll do something special before those games as well. And, and I think those are, are pretty neat, too. I mean, obviously, it's neat, the ring ceremony. But, yeah, the guys who are part of the team who, who are no longer here, left free agency trade, what have you, to still honor those guys. Well, another great moment of 17 was when Aoki got his 2,000th hit. Everybody yeah. loved Nori. We ended up trading Nori. It was part of a series of moves that ended up helping us with, with Verlander and some of the other deals. And uh, and then when he came back that first time, the standing ovation he got, the love the fans had for him here, and we presented him with the cowboy hat. Uh, those are those special bonds in baseball, and once an Astro, always an Astro. Uh, definitely, and we saw that certainly come to fruition during the playoff run that the Astros had here in 2017 with all the, the players who came out of the woodwork and, and wanted to support this team. Well, Reed Ryan, always good to see you. Yeah, thank you, Robin. I'd like to thank all the fans here. Appreciate your support all the time for coming out to Pluckers, the staff here at Pluckers, and all of the Astros staff, including yourself. Merry Christmas to everybody. Happy New Year, and uh, go Astros in 2018. That's right. That's right. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to you as well, Reed. And thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for all that you do, and looking forward to another great 2018. Thank you, Robert. See you, bud. All right. This has been another edition of Astroline presented by Carbock Brewing Company. I'd like to thank producer engineer Matt Bolt, studio producer Bob Elliott. I'd like to thank everybody who came out to support the program as well. Next Astroline will be on January 11th. Steve Sparks will be hosting that one right here at Pluckers Wing Bar. I'd like to say Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year. This has been Astroline presented by Carbock Brewing Company on the Houston Astros Radio Network.